What's going on, everybody? You're welcome back to another edition of the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. Uh, I got to apologize. We lied to y'all. We said it was coming out on, on a Tuesday night recording and dropping it Wednesday. It's a Wednesday night recording because, you know, the work schedule's gotten a little beat for your boy um, over here. Joe Ciccoletti has been so kind to reschedule like six times. Uh, and as we can see, your boy's also on the clock. So if Blaine gets up and runs, Joe's got the show solo for the next hour and a half. We'll be able to manage. We'll just talk our way through it. Maybe we'll take some phone calls. I don't know. Maybe we'll call somebody in. <laughs> I know, right? We'll get Marcus to just rip on me for an hour from uh, so I don't have to go through the misery of Friday. Oh, he'll love that. He will absolutely love that. I know. He he wants you to come on, by the way, so you better be ready to hop on Friday night unless you're busy. Uh, Yeah, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. We, we'll, we'll talk about it afterwards, of course, so we'll get going with it. So. All right, all right. Well, welcome into another edition of the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. I'm your, our our hosts, Blaine Spencer and Joe Ciccoletti. Let's, you know, interesting week of football. Did not go the way I kind of anticipated. No, man. No, I mean, it. all the winners that I had, that I had projected last week, did win. Some of the games were exactly how as I predicted, and some of the games were Slightly skewed, slightly off. No, I know you got me this week. I was very disappointed in myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the biggest surprise, especially, came to that Bills and Bengals game on Sunday. Um, I, I think we thought it was going to be a close game. I think we thought it was going to be a shootout of a game. We thought, um, you know, Josh Allen was going to put up some huge numbers. We thought Joe Burrow was going to put up some huge numbers. And I think the the snow kind of put a little bit of damper on that, personally. And the Bengals just went out there and dominated. Uh, two things that I took note from that game specifically is the Bills' defense looked like Swiss cheese. I couldn't see a difference between Swiss cheese and the defense. Joe Burrow was absolutely torching it. Joe Mixon was able to run the ball. The whole big question mark all week was, oh, what's going to go on with his offensive line? they got two or three guys missing, blah, 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 blah. What did he give up? One sack he had? Dude, he played incredible stuff. Um the other thing I took in, it's kind of on the flip side, on the Buffalo side of things. Once Von Miller went out, this defense did not look the same. I it was oh, that, it was something about Von Miller being out and the pressure that he was able to get on the other side. With him losing, there was only really Ed Oliver. That was kind of it, and Greg Russi, Russo was. Uh, coming off the edge every once in a while, but once Von Miller went down, his team, especially on the defense side of, side of the ball, went. Crashing, well, especially. Solid. I feel like I feel like we have to also commend Von Miller, right? He was that difference last year for the Rams. I feel like the Bills needed Von Miller because he had been there, done that, right? He was that for the Rams last year, kind of being like, "Yo, I've been in this moment. Don't let that, don't let it slip by, because you don't know how many of these you're gonna get." It felt like the Bills were so deflated without him. And then, honestly, I hate to be that guy and say this on, like, national television, recording, whatever, streaming, all that podcasting. Like, I think DeMar being there, the emotion got too real for the team. I really do. I I think so. I think okay. they you could see it, especially when he got up, put up on the Jumbotron, Everyone, the whole place was electric. You could see it in the players' eyes a little bit. They weren't like, 
crying or anything, but like teary eyed and like hyped up. And I felt like they were honestly, they had too much energy. And then Cincinnati goes right down the field. It almost felt like they ripped their heart out on that first drive. It really felt like that immediately. The place goes dead. Buffalo goes three and out immediately. Cincinnati takes another long drive. And it wasn't like Cincinnati was scoring them fast, right, with quick hitters. Like, they were methodically moving the ball down the Buffalo Bills' throat. Uh, Yeah, the Bengals were a better team on Sunday, 110%. If you you can't argue that at all. Um, Between Joe Burrow slinging a rock, uh, Buffalo's defense looking like garbage. The other big thing, too, and I'm a big component. I love seeing snow in like football games, but when it comes to playoff times, I don't really want to see it because I think it dampers the um, players' abilities and their performance. Like we saw that, especially in that Sunday's game. It was just like, I don't know, some guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball, couldn't get their, you know, couldn't get their feet on them because of the traction issue. Or, you know, for instance, a running back could make one cut and boom and jet because the linebackers couldn't make the cut to keep up with them or the defensive line couldn't catch them. Um, that was a big thing I thought that kind of hampered that in which I might be on the opposite side of things there, which I know a lot of people love the snow games. I'm fine with it in a regular season, but when it comes to playoffs, I'm like, Ugh, not a really big fan of this. I want to see these guys at the top of their peak, essentially. And other thing I noticed too, as well, is Brian Dayball leaving that offense really showed in Buffalo this year, especially in the okay. playoffs. Okay. Okay. I want to, while I think this is a huge topic, and this isn't really like on what we were slated, but I just want to ask you this question now. How on earth is Josh Allen an MVP finalist with how he played this year? I don't think he was a top five MVP candidate in my eyes. I don't have him in there with the amount of turnovers that he committed and costed his team games in the red zone. I, I wouldn't put him in that conversation because the MVP finals were just recently announced. Um, I, give me your take on it. Like I'm kind of stunned by that, that he was a finalist. I mean, well, first off, I mean, you know, it, this is, MVP is always is pretty pretty much a predominant quarterback. quarterback position winning, right? Okay, so that's the first thing that goes right out there. Second thing is this they were the number two seed in the AFC with 13 wins, 12 wins, 13 wins. Um, you know, impressive enough. Probably it, I think they were what third highest, third highest, I think, in wins as a yeah, team this year. Best in football, yeah. Um, you know, and and, and it was pretty much on Josh Allen. It wasn't on like a running game, it wasn't on Stefan Diggs leading the way, kind of like Cooper Cup last year. Like it wasn't in terms of that nature. Like it was all on Josh Allen. Like if Josh Allen doesn't play, this Buffalo team probably is not a playoff team. I think right. that's okay. probably fair to say. That's um, like I, it, that's why I would. He's got to be in the top five still for the MVP finalist. Um, for that being the case, I mean, he still had over four thousand yards. He still had over. I don't know, 30, 40 touchdowns at least, I would assume. Yeah, the picks suck. I get it. He had 15 INTs or 16 INTs. But, you know, the guy's still an MVP caliber player. See, this is where I despise the MVP, and I'm more, like, in tune with the most outstanding off- like offensive player of the year, I think, is more of a feral award than most valuable, I feel like, now in today's game, because you know the MVP is just going to go to a quarterback. 
Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of it. It's, I mean, it's happened over the last. The switch kind of happened. What the last 15 years, 10 years, it's been right. predominantly quarterbacks. I agree with you. I think um, if they're gonna do something like this, I think they should strictly have an award of like just the quarterbacks and make it a big deal. And like how they do in college, almost. Yeah, but like if they're gonna do a like if they're gonna do MVP and say there is a quarterback that is the MVP, um, then yes, you select the MVP as it. But like last year, like I'm gonna be honest, like Cooper Cup should have won it last year. Oh, it wasn't even close. Yes, that's what I mean. All due respect to Aaron Rodgers, right? All due respect. Like, yeah, clearly the best quarterback last year. But if you're going based off of the definition of most valuable to their football team, Cooper Cup winning the Triple Crown shouldn't even be a conversation in a debate. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I I agree. Like some something if you're going to go down that route, something needs to change in terms of like quarterback just gets their own award. And you make a big deal about it, of course, but but that's not the way it's going to go. MVP is going to be a predominant quarterback, uh, quarterback winning, uh, you know, award. And that's just what it is. Fair. All right, let's get back on track a little bit. If you're yeah. Buffalo, what do you do? This is now. You can't like you. I don't know what you can do. Right, the offense has pretty much all the pieces. But the defense, I feel like you almost have to figure out defensively what to do. Yeah, no, I mean. What would you, what would you do? You're the right, GM. So, so if I was the GM here, I mean, you're looking at defensive, you know, you're still looking at your defensive line, maybe another cornerback, um, especially in the secondary. I mean, they got beat up in the secondary. I think, uh, oh, God. Um, there's Hyde, Hyde was out all year. Yeah, Hyde was, Hyde was out. I was trying to get the names. Uh uh, who's the P? Last name starts with the P. Prior, Poyer. Poyer was out for a good point portion of yeah, time this Poyer year. Was back, which is fine. But Hyde being out was huge. I mean, he's like the play caller in the backfield there. Tredavious White was out for some time. Didn't look the same as he did last year. He got freaking his knocked out. Him and Poyer knocked each other out in that yeah. game too. Um, you know, you're starting a a rookie in uh, Elam out there at one point just because you don't have the cornerback. So you definitely need somebody in the secondary. Um, you know, Von Miller comes back next year, so that'll be a good thing um, for your uh, pass rush as well. But on the, the the offensive side of the ball, I don't think they're bad. Um, you know, they'll get healthy back on the offensive line. Their offensive line's really not too too bad. Um, like they could, you could always use a guard. You could always use a tackle always. in terms of that. Like everyone wants to talk about the running back position and like, oh my god, they need to go get like this big name. I don't think this offense really needs a big name running back. Like. I, do I think Singletary is the answer? No, I don't think Singletary is the answer. But I think James Cook could I be a solid running back for yeah. them. Um, I personally think if I were them, you're calling up Arizona to at least see what they want for Hopkins, right? Really? Yeah. Why not? What are you gonna? What What are you giving up, Gabe Davis? No, I mean, we'll probably what would you? They probably take him for pennies on a dollar. You think Second so? Pick? Maybe third. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to sign it, me it, up if it's that. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be, it's going to be one of them trades just like Julio was with the Falcons. Like, right. It's going to be like a third or, you know, a second and like a fifth or a third and a fifth, Um, you know, cause you already, you have the contract, the contract's a little bit of the issue, but like also like Arizona slightly in a rebuild right now where 
you know, uh, the Bills aren't. The Bills are a full-fledged playoff contending team if you put them at a wide receiver two behind Stephon Diggs. I mean, whew, that's going to be a lineup right there. Yeah, no, I mean, that'd be disgusting to just even think about. But the problem with me for Buffalo now is, is that you can't, you haven't gotten over the hurdle of Kansas City, still can't do it in the postseason. You, they could do it in the regular season, right? But now Cincinnati ain't going to go away. You have to say that they are, the, are going to be the third best team out of the AFC every year. Like, you could make that fair argument now that they have to go through two teams, not just Kansas City now, to be able to get themselves to Super Bowl. Because I'm one that was guilty that I thought Cincinnati – would make the postseason. I didn't expect them to just roll through teams again like how they did this year after they started out so slow. Yeah, I mean it's a great point. I mean, it looks like Cincinnati could be the number two, um, you know, out of the AFC for many years to come. But um, Cincinnati's one of his big biggest kryptonites is the Baltimore Ravens, personally. And I think if Lamar Jackson's healthy and Lamar Jackson's on the field, I mean, we said it when they played each other in the uh, wild card round. Huntley would have. Huntley should have beat him. Yeah, like Baltimore should have. Baltimore should have won. Baltimore should have been at the position position last week. Now, do they beat the Bills? I don't know that answer. I have no idea. But you know, they're kryptonite. They wouldn't have played the Bills though. Oh, that would really? have been Jack. No, Baltimore would have gone to Kansas City, and Jacksonville would have came to Buffalo. Oh, okay, okay. Would have been would have been a very interesting matchup there. Um, but yeah, it's a fair assessment. It's definitely a fair assessment there. Um, to say that I I agree I agree. But let's go to the uh the Chiefs and Jags game. Um, the also in the AFC uh, area. Um, Mahomes goes down with a high ankle sprain. Um, about three quarters of the way through the first quarter, everyone's kind of gasping the air. What's going on? Uh, he kind of sits out the second quarter, and Chad Henney leads him on to a ninety-eight yard drive down the field to score. BDC man, big right. dick Chad. Ha 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 ha. Um. Holding it together, and then uh, I remember the second half came around. Everyone's like, "Oh, what's going to go on, Mahomes? You know, is Chad Henning going to have to lead the way? You know, might be a repeat kind of situation of a few years back." Next thing you know, Mahomes is hobbling out here. The ankle's wrapped up tight, tight like a tiger, and uh, you know he's slinging he's slinging a rock out of shotgun. He's limited mobility, but I mean his arms is the best in the league, and uh, he's passing the the best tight end in the league. And the guy had seventeen targets at one point. I saw. Um, and that game was uh, kind of a dunzo from probably the third quarter on. Uh, Chiefs handled them pretty well. Um, you know, kudos to the Jags for making it this far. Didn't expect them to be there. We said that countless times over the last few weeks now, um, playing with house money. But, um, yeah, Chiefs look good. <laughs> Chiefs look good, and it's going to be tough to stop them. Yeah, I mean, I saw this thing um, on social media from Nick Wright. He does first things first. And he goes, healthy Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, one-legged Patrick Mahomes as the top three quarterbacks in football. <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, I was laughing. But then I like I sat back and I was like, my goodness, he is absolutely spot on. And it's just because like you just played out. The arm talent is incredible. Patrick just can make throws that nobody else can really make on the planet and kudos to Joe Burrow. Like you're a close number two, but like Patrick Mahomes is on a, 
different planet when it comes to his arm talent and arm strength. Like it's just surreal to me. See, but, look, I, I got a little bit of a difference between Burrow and, and Mahomes. Like Mahomes is always there, always showing out from regular season all the way through the playoffs. I don't know about you, but Joe Burrow kind of reminds me of like in terms of golf terms is like a Brooks Kepka comes around in the big moments and always comes through. That's what it is to me. And like, his consistency. You know he's going to be consistent through it yeah. through year, but then he flips a switch when it matters. Like when he like that's a good comparison. Like when Brooks just took over major championships for like those couple of years. Yeah. Like that's what I envision. And like during the regular season, he moseys along, especially in the first half. He's like, yeah, okay. I mean, they, like they started out really slow. And all right. of a sudden they were like, yo, we got to turn it on. Like we got to start winning some games. Okay, boom. Here comes the Joe Burr. He's he's coming out. He's playing really well. And then come playoff time, he's a different animal. Um, right. He's, he's just, it's unbelievable to watch. Um, But yeah, he that, that was a, Kind of my comparison when watching him, especially on Sunday, I'm like, guys, man, a lot of Brooks Kepka in terms of the golf world. Like, comes hard, comes good during majors, is always in like the top ten, top five, might even win a couple, and uh, that that's his comparison to me. Ooh, we gotta. I'm gonna have to put a pull up on that one. Brooks Kepka <laughs> to Joe Burrow, relatable, like not relatable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but when you're from a Jacksonville perspective. Even though they always consistently in that second half got it down to one score, you never really felt like they were truly in the game. Because as soon as Jacksonville scored, gets down to one score, a touchdown or a field goal, Mahomes and Kelsey just would take them right back down the field just to and just haymaker after haymaker. And you felt like Jacksonville was like, all right, getting their little jab in, like, hey, we're here, we're here. And then all of a sudden, Mahomes KO tries to throw a KO punch, another KO punch. And then eventually Lawrence got and the Jacksonville got a little sloppy down the stretch in that fourth quarter, which ended up being the difference. But oh my goodness, like I gotta give out shout out to JT from JT and the Don. Um, I was on, they came on earlier at the beginning of the football season. JT was like, I'm telling you right now, Jacksonville's gonna win the division. Regardless of how bad they look to start, and then they're they're going to be here to stay. So I mean, I think Jacksonville's the clear front runner for the next four or five years in the AFC South. Yes, unless Tennessee makes like a miraculous move or something, or or the Colts make a miraculous move on the uh, quarterback position. Yeah, I, I I agree. I agree there. Um, well, speaking about Trevor Lawrence, let let me get a little list here. Rank these Ooh. quarterbacks for me, all right? We've got a lot of young guns coming up here, um, kind of replacing the old vets of Drew Brees, Big Ben, Tom Brady, and uh, Aaron Rodgers here. So you got uh, Justin Herbert. I mean, let's, let's let me first say, Patrick Mahomes is number one, so I'm keeping him off the list here. Yeah, that's but, fair. Uh, I, I, I made that assumption based yeah, on Yeah, so I got uh, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen, Joe Burt, and now Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was not up in this list at all for me last year, but... Um, due to his play over the this past year, you got to put him up in this list. So, give me a rank one through five. Where do you got these guys? All right, what's 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 the standard here? What are you going? What's the precedent? Like, are we who are taken for the next five years? Like, who would you take right now? Like, well, what like a, or like or based like, off of their current numbers? What do you think? What's like I mean, the think, precedent here? 
I think it's coming. Hey, down. there's a lot of ways I can take this. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. no that, that's fair. I mean, it's not more of like a oh, like in five years from now, what do you guys like the kind of thing? Because like these guys are all young, so like mm-hmm. you kind of expect them to grow even more than what they are. Um, but and it's kind of for me, I always kind of take it as like okay, if we're starting a franchise now, who do I want these quarterbacks? Like who do I want leading the way? That's okay. the way I take it. All so. right, so starting a franchise right now. Okay, got it. I am taking. Burrow at the top. I just think Burrow has started to kind of stretch himself actually away from the rest of this field a little bit. I think it's starting to get to Mahomes, Burrow, then there's everybody else. I really do, based off of how these last couple of years have gone. After Burrow, I'd probably take Dustin Herbert next at two. Okay. I I'm I'm a big Herbert guy. I love All his right. I love his game. I love his arm talent. But like we kind of talked about it last week when Jacksonville upset him. Like you can't. That's I feel like his issue is his coaching staff is that is hindering him more than what is actually happening for him on the field. Sure, sure. Um, this is so hard. <laughs> All right, I'm actually I'm gonna take as much as I just ridiculed him. I'm taking Josh Allen three, just with the raw upside, just upside alone. I think Allen's upside is higher than any of these other five guys. I think Allen can really get himself into that Mahomes discussion. He wouldn't eclipse Mahomes, but he can make it a discussion. Like how he was last year when he was he can go face to face with the best of them. Okay. Then oh man, I'm gonna take Trevor then Jalen. Okay. I'm only I'm putting Jalen five because I feel like unlike any other quarterback, he has the most around him to be successful. Yeah, right yeah, that's uh, that's fair. I agree, and I also think. Hertz is the um plus the he's the bottom. new newcomer on the block right now. Yeah, I also consider him more at the bottom echelon of passing out of these five guys. Oh, without question. Um, but his mobility and his running and his leadership brings him into the conversation. Yeah, yep, I agree. Um, really similar list. Um, kind of down the same boat here with you. Uh, I got Burrow at one. Um, right. like you said, I just think the clutch factor. The ability to win big time games um, has got to be there. Um, number two, I think Josh Allen still. I mean, the guy's playing at like MVP caliber letter, levels um, throughout the last two years. Personally, in my opinion, still um, winning playoff games here in the end. Yes, didn't make it to the big the AFC Championship game or you know <clears throat> even the Super Bowl yet. I understand that, but you know I got to give him credit when credits due. I think number three um, is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, it would have been Herbert. Actually, at first, it would have been. So you feel like that matchup last week dictated your answer? Um, I think it started slowly skewing it. I I think Herbert's a a very, very good quarterback, and I think he's a very good regular season quarterback that can lead the way. But Trevor Lawrence, to me, proved a lot this year, especially for me, in my opinion, this was like his rookie year. Last year was a complete waste for him. I mean, Urban Meyer completely dismantled that team and put it in shambles last year. And and Trevor Lawrence didn't grow at all. He probably went backwards, to tell you the truth. But now with the coach like Dougie P, and for him to get his expectations all the way 
um, to the max he could this year, leading a team um, like the Jaguars to the playoffs, winning a playoff game, hosting a playoff game at home um, was a big step forward for me. And that's why I got Lawrence at three. Um, I got Herbert at four and then I got Hertz at five. I, I, I think that especially that, that Allen Herbert Lawrence area right now is really tight. It can oh, you can flip the coin. Yeah, it can kind of shift the buck a couple different ways, but um, I think that it's clearly seen now, especially after this past week, is Burroughs won, and that's just what it needs to be. No, that's a fair assessment, but the irony of all this, the four out of the five we talked about, all will have to play each other. So if you're a Jalen Hurts. You're vibing. You're like, I got it's a I I am the dude in the NFC right now. Like I I when it comes to being on that and in regards to this list that we got here, right? Or you can even oh, make that argument. Fair. That's fair, but I don't know if he's the guy yet in the NFC. We got Fine. a big game this week now, all right? Oh. <laughs> Our, our our big our well, that transitions us into who there he's gonna go up against and that is yeah Mr. Yeah, but- Brock Party ah. Mr. Irrelevant does it again as oh thank God I doubled down and San Francisco didn't let me live it up, down oh, that was a horrible pun that just completely failed but that's okay <laughs> that's no here nor there excuse that let's rewind. Uh, Niners got it done. Um, beat the Cowboys. Cowboys somehow continue to get in their own way. Um, got the job done. Cowboys, too many mistakes. Clock management issues again. And can I just, I just want to, before we ask, before I ask you the question, like, oh my God, what the, what on earth was that last play that they were trying to freaking run? I was like, that was, I was like, that wasn't even like little giants esque. Like, what the hell? <sighs> Poor Zeke. Zeke. Zeke got bullied on that play. He was set up for disaster there, man. I mean, he's gonna be he's, a walking meme now for the next. I mean, year. even even if he was heavy Zeke coming in the training camp, he couldn't even block that guy. He would have <laughs> got leveled there. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yo, two things right off the bat. Funny, the funniest parts of the uh, the game. I, I don't know if you took this. First thing was, is as soon as Dallas scores the first touchdown, they pan to Myers so quick with the camera. The guy doing the camera work was incredible. He panned him so quick and was like, oh, my God. And and it was so quick to see Myers' face like, oh, what's going on here? Like, all right, am I going in? Am I going to go in? No, I'm not going to go in. What's going to go on? So, um, yeah, no, Meyer was, was, that was funny. And the other thing was, is, how fast John Lynch went from his press box down to the, the field. field. Like it was a matter of like 20 seconds. Like no, there's gotta be, he had to have a magician up there that just transported him. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Those were the funny parts of me. I was going to kick out of all of them, but back to the game. Yeah. San Fran um, looked good. Once again, I mean, Trent Williams was able to hold up Parsons. Um, thank God. That was my big matchup. I was kind of keening in on. Um, but yeah, they, they looked really good. They were able to withstand some of the blows that Dallas had a lot of field goals. Um, so you, you know, San Fran was able to move the ball downfield, but just, uh, couldn't capitalize, um, multiple times, unfortunately, but you know, they were able to come up big and good for them. And, you know, 
they're moving on. That's the most right. important thing. You just got to win. All right. I mean, I'm going to say it. Lock Brock Purdy up, baby. Start him next year. I think it's a wrap now. He checked all the boxes that we were looking for. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I've been saying to you from the start, I think wild card weekend, I said, if he wins, does he keep you one? Then divisional round comes around. Does if he wins, does he keep you one? Well, now we're going into the NFC championship. Does he win? And is he QB1? I think it's now just solidified at this point. I think, like, yeah, he's got to be QB1. He's looked really good. He's 8-0 over the last eight games. He's played really solid ball. I mean, this is going to be the true test this week um, in Philly. Um, place is going to be a madhouse. Uh, tickets are astronomical right now. I was just looking just for the hell of it while uh, just to check it out how much it is. The cheapest ticket just to get in right now is about $900. Uh, you going? No, I'm not going, but eh, I don't get paid enough in the final whistle to to get there yet. So um That's why that's why this is the, this is our secondary job at the moment. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it's uh it, this is gonna be his biggest test. We're gonna really see how they do <clears throat> this year, uh excuse me, this week, um in Philadelphia. So Oh, absolutely fascinating. I think it's almost He's now checked every question mark that everyone's looked at. And I feel like the one thing that I kind of was upset about in this game is that Shanahan really kind of reeled him in. He had been playing so well the last four or five weeks because Kyle Shanahan kind of let him loose, just let him play. But it felt like that he made sure that McCaffrey, Debo, Elijah Mitchell were going to get all of those run touches and they were going to physically impose. And every once in a while, Brock was going to make a pass, right? It never really felt like, especially in that first half, that big pass to Kittle in the third quarter really kind of opened the game up for them um, when Kittle kept one-handed catch off his helmet, et cetera. And then he also got away with one when Diggs just dropped it at the three yard line. So that always helps. But yeah, I felt yeah. like they kind of, Shanahan kind of was really tentative with his play calling in this game. Uh, two things, though, I got to note to that. Like, first things first is if anybody's going to know Kyle Shanahan's offense, it's going to be Dan Quinn, literally because they dealt with each other in Atlanta. So that's one of the first things. And secondly, single tier for you. Yeah. Second thing is. You know, you you stated the Kittle catch. It was awful play action. I mean, that's literally Kyle Shanahan's offense is to start with the run game, establish a run, and then it's going to pound and going to work its way in the third and fourth quarter for right. play actions and when the defense is tired. Um, yeah, no, I like, I thought it was a good play call, good play calling by Kyle Shanahan. You usually never can really question his play calling. It's just more of his decision-making in the fourth quarter. That's my, right. that's my thing with him, so. Yeah. All right, that's fair. All right, let's look on the flip side with Dallas, right? I mean, for me, we kind of – I don't see it as a successful season for Dallas. They still can't get themselves into a championship game. That's now 27 years that they can't get over that hump. Honestly, I thought Mike McCarthy now keeps his job. I think if he lost Monday night, there would have been real question marks if he lost to Tampa in Tampa – that if he was potentially going to be gone. But you, I think if you're Jerry Jones, you really got to look at your quarterback, man. Like your quarter, he, like, you know, that the quotes that he had in his pre, post-game presser was like, he feels sick. 
He's not sick because they lost. He's sick because they should have won. And his quarterback dictated that. Because his quarterback was atrocious. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, I think it was a successful season for them. Personally, I do. I, I think you got to win. Um, so <laughs> when's the last time they won? Like in the playoffs, it's been what at least been a couple five, of years, five to six years, I would think at the very least. I mean, they get there, but they just never got over the hump. I, I think it's a successful season. You did get a win. Um, you know, you went up against you know some great teams. You withstand them hard. You went into San Fran and still made it a game in the end. Um, and they were the number two seed. Uh, you know, what do they have to do this off season? I mean, they got to get another wide receiver. I mean, that's the first thing. They only have one guy right now. They need to get, you know, another guy in the secondary. Would you um, put CD as a one now? I still think he's kind of a two-one hybrid, one-two hybrid. I wouldn't put him as a true number one yet. No, I I think CD Lamb's a true number one by far. I mean, I think he's really? a, okay. I think he's the top ten wide receiver in the league. I think his route running is exceptional. I think his hands are exceptional. He has uh, upward speed. He could eventually be a top five wide receiver in the league. Personally, I think. Um, I, I really like him a lot, um, especially how, how much his offense throws the ball. I think he he just has the capability of having yards um, blow up over years, like could have 16, 1700 yards easily one year for sure. Um, okay. But yeah, ultimately it just comes down to Dak again. Like Dak didn't perform in this game, he, um, you know, losing Pollard, I think kind of hurt a little bit for sure. Cause then you're relying on Zeke, and, <laughs> you know, God. Uh, yeah. That's enough said there, but yeah, I, I, like you can put the blame on, you put the blame on Dak. Sure. Can you put the blame on the offensive coordinators? Can you put the blame on, all right, they started missing field goals again. You know, they had to put that in the back of their mind. Like a lot of instances. Yeah. Maher got bailed out. Like he was, he shanked that kick that got blocked. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of instances there that just kind of turned south for the Cowboys. But personally, I, I, I think it was a successful season, you know, at least to get a win in the playoffs is impressive enough. Um, it's better than, I mean, I don't know the math off the top of my head, but better than 24 teams, I believe, already. Um, so, yeah, I consider successful season. Do they have to do work this offseason? Absolutely. Do I think Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy needs to be fired? No, I don't think so. I also think Mike McCarthy is slightly um, hoaxed a little bit. People give him the ax way too quick. I mean, man does have a Super Bowl ring, understand? It was with Aaron Rodgers. I do get it. But he does have a Super Bowl ring. He has over a 600 win percentage. Um, I think he's made the playoffs 11 out of the 16 years he's coached. Very impressive. Yeah, very there. impressive. Like, everyone wants to throw him completely under the bus. And don't get me wrong. When when I, I – there was at one point, I don't think I did it here. I might have did it with my buddies. I, I wanted to rank head coaches still left last week. And Mike McCarthy was definitely closer to the bottom for me. I think he was bottom four, right? But like when you look at his stats in terms of coaching, the Super Bowl appearance as well, you just got to give the man credit and people just want to cut him right at the throat. So I don't know. That's my opinion with him. That's fair. I think it's a fair assessment. I feel like when it comes to Mike McCarthy is that I think it really just comes down to what Jerry's thinking. I really do. Because if you're going to replace McCarthy – and I agree. I don't, he shouldn't, I think he does. He definitely gets hosed more often than not. So I think the biggest thing will be able to make sure how that um, unfolds. 
But I, if you're Jerry, I think you got to, again, I like your uh, get another receiver. Like Noah Brown was great with Cooper Rush. I don't even think Noah Brown touched the field in that game other than in special teams. So that's another point. All right, let's flip to our last game that we have, Giants-Eagles. You got that one right. You said it was going to be a blitz route, and it was nothing short of a blitz route. Absolutely dominant. Philly played perfect in that first half. Wasn't even freaking close. Um, but let's look on the Giants side because we're going to talk about a little bit more of the birds shortly. I think, I mean, the Giants exceeded all expectations astronomically. So I think the good, Daniel Jones warrants a contract. I do believe that. I think that's a good thing. I don't know if he's going to get the money that he's looking for. I think he's eerily similar to that. Kirk Cousins area type of money, maybe a little under that. So I think Daniel Jones should get deserve his contract. And I think a big thing is that Saquon's come out saying, hey, I'm not trying to break the bank here in the running back market. Like, I think that's important because I think that kind of gives them maneuverability in this offseason. Like their defense was absolutely lights out for a majority of the season. They could use another piece in the secondary. I would make that a focal point for them. Um, but my goodness, I they should be call they should call Arizona and be like, "What on earth do you want?" And we will give it to you. Like seriously, other than Saquon, you'd be like, everything else is available. That's how bad they need a wide receiver. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And uh, yeah, I, I I hit that game on the on the nail. Um, I thought pretty well. I honestly thought me I turned it off at half yeah no I I uh I fell asleep at halftime and then I woke back up in the fourth quarter um yeah no I I thought the Giants were maybe gonna score 17 points um but no they didn't I took the I took actually took the Eagles the spread was around seven and a half I bumped it up to 11 and a half because I'm like I'm that confident in them right now and uh but yeah payout huh yeah not bad um but yeah, no, I I think you're right. Like I thought the Giants were playing with house money. They look like absolute dog shit. I mean, it is what it is. I expected that from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, this Eagles team is a very, very, very good football team, and the Giants are a good football team. There's the difference. Yeah. Um, in my opinion. But uh, but yeah, I I, I got to give credit to Brian Dable. I mean the the team looked incredible this year, leaps and bounds ahead than I expect them to be. Um. I still don't think Daniel Jones really deserves this contract. I mean, really? Like, yeah, like oh, he. In my what would opinion, you do? Like, would you cut him loose then? Um, I don't if know if I job, I don't I know like... if I cut him loose, but like I also don't know if I'd give him the Kirk Cousins money or I would give him um anything crazy. Like if he wanted like a two year kind of deal, I'd be like, okay, I'll give you two years. That's fine. Two Let's years with a potential that. opt out after next year for the team if they think this year goes. Maybe, yeah, out. something like that. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, he looked good. I was only going to cap him at a three-year contract, so I agree with that. Okay. Yeah, like, he looked great in the Vikings game. But after that, I'm like, there wasn't really too many games that, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a Daniel Jones-led game. He was the true MVP of this game. No, I never thought that at all. Now, did he manage the games well and limit his turnovers this year sure. and limit the fumbles? And yeah, absolutely. I agree entirely. This team was a lot better than the team was last year. And you also had Brian Dable as your head coach. And he was able to limit Josh Allen's turnovers. 
Um, I, I just don't think he deserves this big contract. If if I were them and, you know, a, a big-time quarterback might be coming out and, like, be willing to get traded, <laughs> I'd listen. That's all I'm going to say. I'd listen? If it's a big-name quarterback, everyone's going to listen. Come on now, Joe. <laughs> that's, a, that's a weak take. That really is. That's a weak take. I just want you to know that. <laughs> all right. That's I like I I just I I don't think he deserves the money that he he may be warning asking for. Would, all right, what do you? I I have him get it. I would pay him no more. I would cap him at twenty, like twenty two mil. I give him twenty four because the market, maybe even twenty five because the market's nuts, dude. Right now, I mean, in terms of the quarterback, because of how market. inflation it is. Yeah, you know, inflation's out the wazoo. I mean, eggs are seven dollars a piece right now, so he's got he's got to buy them, of course. I don't know, but like, and then the other thing that you brought up was that Saquon's like, yeah, I'm not trying to blow out the running back market. I mean, he's still going to want CMC money, which is sixteen million dollars a year. Right, still nothing to snitch about. Yeah, I understand he doesn't want twenty twenty five. I get that, but like, yeah, he's still going to want sixteen mil. Then you got to pay Daniel Jones now potentially. I just, I'm not a big fan of Daniel Jones and. He still collapses under pressure a little bit in terms of my eyes still. And if a guy, if they're able to like trade for, you know, a guy that might be coming up or, or in terms of, I don't know, like a Derek Carr, let's say, or an Aaron Rodgers comes around or um, trying to think of maybe some other, maybe like even like a Ryan Tannehill, if they want to find a bridge guy a little bit. Like, I think those guys personally are better than Daniel Jones. Wow. But they won't choose that. Maybe Derek Carr they might, but like Ryan Tannehill and Aaron, I think they, they would choose take because Carr. of an age. So I think they would take Carr. Yeah. So that's my yeah. two cents. It's fair. That's I think that's a fair assessment. I really do. All right, let's get to our last little topic that we've got for tonight: conference championship previews. Um, Eagles, Niners, Bengals, Chiefs. I feel like. I mean, I feel like these are going to be two great football games. I really do. I think it's going to be both of them are going to be in the fourth quarter. Let's look at Eagles Niners first, because just that's kind of funny for us. Like I'm a Bay Area guy and you're a Philly area guy. So I think that's just intriguing to me. Um, Give me a give me a thing that you are going to be watching that you think is going to be an important part of the game. Um. Offensive line play for the 49ers versus the front four of the Eagles, personally. Damn I mean, it, you stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're talking uh, San Fran, who's got one of the best offensive lines in the league and the best tackle in the league and Trent Williams, and then you're going up against the best defensive line um, that created the most sacks this year. Um, it's going to be an interesting battle. I mean, Hassan Reddick on one side, Josh Sweat on the other, Fletcher Cox up the middle. It's going to be a very, very um, interesting game, especially in the trenches on that side of the ball. Oh, I agree. I So, like, you stole mine, but I'll, I'll give another one. Fred Warner versus Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I think that's going to be really intriguing. Fred Warner, arguably, uh, I would say, without question, a top five middle linebacker in football. Mm-hmm. You can even probably make the argument for top three. Um, but I think how he reacts to the the read option, those RPO-type plays against Jalen, because I feel like Fred's going to be dictated as the spy on Jalen Hurts the entire night. 
So I think whoever kind of wins that mini battle in with Jalen's run, with who's dictating play on that side on their side of the ball, if it's on the run game or in the pass game, I feel like Fred Warner's got to be almost solely eliminate one thing that Jalen Hurts does well. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great matchup to watch out for. Another quick one I just re- recently thought of. Um, keep an eye on Nick Bosa and where he lines up. If he lines up against Lane Johnson, it's going to be a tough day on him. But if he switches to the other side versus Myelotta, Myelotta is a great run blocker, but he is a terrible um, pass blocker, actually. He ranks, uh, I believe, 54th out of like 60-something tackles. Yeah, he struggles. He struggles. Yeah, so keep an eye on that. If Nick Bosa um, starts lining up over Myelotta, it could be a, a long day for Jordan. Yeah, I think that's also a good one. Um, all right. Uh, who you got? Um, it's tough for me to say here because I don't want to believe it, but I think I'm taking Eagles... that. I'm taking San Fran. I'm taking San Fran. I think the Eagles win this one. Okay. I think the Eagles win this. I've been I've been riding San Fran all year, but I think uh, I think Brock Purdy slightly shows a little bit of the rookie. I don't think he exposes it too much, but I think he maybe throws a costly pick in the fourth quarter. Um. Okay on some pressure coming in. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's, I think it's the Eagles game to win. I think the Eagles are a better team personally um, than Sam Fran. Um, just based on surely the fact that I agree Hurt. with that. I think yeah. Eagles is the better team without question. Yep. But for um, me, this feels like a Debo Samuel game. It really does. It's got all that writing on the wall. You got to be able to figure out ways to get the ball out quick with how lethal that Eagles pass rushage. You're going to put Debo in the backfield, quick flare screens, toss plays. One thing that he has over CMC is that physicality. And I think that's going to be a component that needs to be utilized by Shanahan this weekend is that the physicality of Debo over the speed and uh, versatility of like Elijah Mitchell and CMC. I think Debo's going to get see a lot of run touches. I really do. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, if there's anybody that's going to be able to withstand the wide receiver play in San Fran with Ayuk and Samuel, it's the Eagles. I mean, with Darius Slate and Bradbury playing at the top of their games, Avante Maddox is even supposed to be back uh, this week too, which is a huge slot corner upgrade for them. It's going to be a really, I think it's going to be a really good game. This is, this is going to be a really good game, especially in the NFC side, but I think the Eagles win it. I think it's a, um, I think it's like a 20 no it's going to be lower than that 24 23 eagles All right I'm thinking I've got 27 24 Niners so Okay I think Niners Philly I think Niners lead for most of the day Philly has the ball with a chance to win the game I think I think Nick Bosa like you said gets a crucial strip sack towards the end that kind of wraps everything up. Okay. Love it. Love it. All right, let's get to the uh the AFC side. We got uh the one-legged champ Patrick Mahomes versus the Ohio prodigy Joe Burr. Who are we taking? Who do we like? Actually, yeah, well, let's start with this, the matchups. Which who's the biggest matchup you're looking forward to here? Okay, I that's a good one. Um for me, it's um I'm going to be looking at Jesse Bates versus Travis Kelsey because I think 
Jesse Bates is going to be the one locking up with Kelsey the entire night. He's the only true presence in the secondary that might be able to give him a little bit of a run for his money. I think Kelsey's going to get his, that's without question. But I think can Bates limit the damage? That's something that really Jacksonville had no answer. They really just pretty much just let them methodically work their way down the field. And I think another point, I think this is another one that just came to my mind. I can't think of the Cincinnati's defensive coordinator's name off the top of my head, but him, Will, this is more of a personal one for him. Is he really going to, is he going to sit back or is he going to like how Jacksonville did? I really feel like they have to challenge Patrick Mahomes on that ankle sprain. I really do you got to rush the passer and maybe live and die with some big plays going against you. I really do. I disagree to that because. Wow. Okay. Year, no, no, no. Here's my reason why. I don't know if you remember last year in the AFC championship game when they played each other, mm-hmm. they went pat, they went blitz heavy in the first half. Mahomes torched them. Then they dropped half, nine. You're right. Or dropped second eight. Half, they me, dropped, eight nine. they dropped them all. And Mahomes couldn't, uh, Mahomes had all the time in the world, but just couldn't find the person. And that was even with Tyree kill too. That right. was with them. They might have to roll that That's same thing fair. even with the ankle. Okay. They might have to roll with it. Um, <clears throat> my big matchup is kind of this. It's um, Isaiah Pacheco and Jared McKinnon versus that run defense and who can cover them out of the field. Personally, in my opinion, um, if, like they, if, if they establish the run pretty early, um, they're usually set up for success come in the second half when they want to throw the ball a lot more. Um, like when I've noticed over the last few years, especially in the playoffs, Andy Reid loves to run the ball in the first half, first quarter, get that ground game going, get your guys moving, and then start slinging the rock in the third and fourth quarter when you need to the most. Um, Pacheco's been playing really, really good ball, really running hard. I mean, he had over 90 yards last week, um, and he's just ready to roll. He's like a, you know, he's like a caged up, like, bull, and he's ready to come out of his chest right now. And I like that. I, I like the kid. He's he's a good running back. Um, yeah, I, that's my big matchup to watch. I mean, obviously, the big matchup, as you can always say, is, like, oh, Jamar Chase against their secondary, T. Higgins, you know. Um, Joe Mixon in the run game. The other person on the other side, I would say, is keep an eye on Tyler Boyd. Uh, you know, a savvy I think Tyler vet. Boyd might be a, might have a big game. Yeah, savvy vet. Um, knows how to work the field, and Burrow loves finding him come playoff time in big time moments. Um, you know, don't be surprised if he gets over 70, 80 yards. You know, it could be a shock there too. So yeah, I like that. And then another one is if Kelsey gets kind of bottled down. Who does Mahomes really trust out of out of that true receiving core? That'll be Jared another McKinnon. one to see. Jared McKinnon. No, I mean receiving core, not I don't running back Jared don't McKinnon. count. <laughs> Doesn't matter, Jared McKinnon. I don't no, care what you say. All right, who you got in this one? Um this is tough, dude. This is I, I can I can tell you who I've got if you want. Yeah, go ahead. All right, all right, all right. You you ponder it over a little bit. I'm taking I'm taking the the Chiefs killer, and that is the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. I am. I th- I think I think they honestly, if Patrick Mahomes was healthy, I was gonna take Kansas City, but this ankle has me worried, especially what I saw in that second half. Like even like even as soon as he came back in, the man couldn't move. 
like it's and it's going to be cold like that thing's going to lock up instantaneously it's going to be a lot of treatment on the sideline and i get it he's the most outstanding player in football that's without question but i think like you made the comparison Brooks Kepka and Joe Burrow just know what to do in those big time moments. Give me Joey Burrow in that 360 spin throw, baby. <laughs> Dude, I really have no idea. Oh, you have God. no idea. I'm so torn because, like, yeah, like all the comparisons, you know, I got on the Bengals side, but like it's Patrick Mahomes, man. It's just like the man knows how to win, the man knows how to play, but Burrow is the, uh, Chiefs killer right now. You know, I think he's won three yeah. three straight versus them. Um, no problems there. God, man, this is tough. Give me a gut reaction right off the spot. Here we go. Give me the one-legged hobbler. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. All right, Give me, all the, right. Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs. They win the game. I think it's a 27-24 Chiefs victory. I got uh, Cincinnati 31-28. I think they're both going to be three-point games. I really do. If we get Give me, line, I'm taking, I'm ta- and I'm taking Mr. Clutch himself, Evan McPherson, the Chiefs killer when it comes to postseason field goals. If we get on Friday, I might change my mind, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so in between on this one. Like, the Eagles are more set on. But this – oh, man, this game's going to be tough. I can't, great games, I can't though. wait for Sunday. Yeah, they're going to be fa- fascinating. Yeah. Honestly, if these two games are duds, I'm going to be so mad with the NFL. I really am. I'm call- I'm going to be filing a complaint with Roger and be like, how dare you do this to the, the public? See, That's who the hell are you? Who the hell are you? Jesus Christ. I'm going to be calling Roger. I said, I know you fixed all this crap. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Roger's like, yeah, I'm on to the next step there, buddy. So... <laughs> Jesus. So nah, it was good picks. Good picks. Um, yeah, stay tuned for this 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 week, man. It's gonna be uh electric stuff. Um stay tuned for next week when uh we get a little preview of the Super Bowl. We'll probably get in way more talks about the NFL, maybe a little bit of all season talk with guys leaving, head coaches hiring, and uh much more there. Maybe you can get I know little- we're we're gonna have to talk about another sport. I just realized it's like it's an off week because there's no way in heck I'm talking about this bloody Pro Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can move to uh, the golf talk if we really need to, because the farmer's insurance is uh, in full swing right now. John Rom's on two straight, so it's going to be great stuff. But yeah, stay tuned for next week. We're going to definitely uh, find some interesting topics to talk about. A lot of football still to talk about. Maybe some golf, some basketball, and much, much more. That's there. You have it, ladies and gentlemen. We kind of we, we kept it short and sweet. We were straight to the point. We didn't jump too far off topic today, which usually happens with the two of us. So you know, we kept it short and sweet. It's also because like my student actually walked in to get her name tag when we were recording this. She was like, "I'm being quiet," <laughs> like mouthing to me, but no. Um, I got to actually go do my job now, so. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, thank you all for listening here to the uh, final whistle here. Make sure you check us out at final whistle. Subscribe to the page on YouTube. Check out the Instagram. 
I don't. We haven't done much TikTok, and really, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I just know the TikTok. Click, you know, it's like dude, my my. So hopefully, I can get this editing stuff all figured out because that laptop that I had been using these last couple of weeks just keeps looking like absolute doo doo quality wise. So now, now that like I have a clean picture here, we might be able to get some actually good content out. Guys, we might be back. We might be back. Final whistle. Back at it. Ready to go. Um, you know, don't wait too long. It might be up Thursday. It's going to be up before Sunday. I'll tell you that because that's what we need. We need it up before Sunday there. Um, it's going to be a great, great weekend. Make sure you all enjoy it. Enjoy it with the family. Enjoy it with the friends. Enjoy sitting down, eating some wings, and watching some football and listening to the final whistle here. As always, ladies and gentlemen, take it easy.